hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope you guys are having an absolutely fantastic day today. I hope you guys had a blessed, safe weekend, enjoyed yourselves, and we're down here in Florida, staying strong and getting the truth out here as always, and be sure to check out the website at healthmasters.com. Lots of different specials coming in right now, including the prostate support getting back in stock later on this week. So be sure to keep an eye out on the website over the next couple of days. That will be on there for everybody to stock back up on. That is our original Health Masters prostate support. Incredibly good product. Should be back in stock here shortly. It's in transit right now, so I'll keep you guys apprised as soon as it hits the floor. And it'll be on the website first thing. And also be sure to check out the Magnesium Brain Food Capsules. Those are on sale for product of the week. Y'all voted day one. Also, first thing I wanted to get into this morning is there is a significant push, in my opinion, as we've all realized now, to remove the fact of real eggs being used. You know, Bill Gates put out a tweet the other day, a couple weeks ago, saying how we need to rethink our use of eggs in the future and how cholesterol-free alternatives are now becoming available. And if you have seen now, there's been numerous videos all across the internet over the last year of fake eggs. They're synthetic eggs that are being produced now. They actually have a, the basic calcium bicarbonate shell that they mold, and it's synthetic eggs. They use different types of compounds to recreate it in the middle, and they're pretty much a rubbery plastic kind of looking formula uh, that they're saying is the new healthy approach. And the problem is a lot of this is coming out of China. Now, this is not something that is – New. This has been going on for years as far as experimentation of it, but one thing that we have seen that is completely unexpected as far as over the last year that we've never seen occur normally in United States history is the fact that we have a combination of massive chicken fires and egg factory fires along with chicken areas as far as where they grow chickens and having fires there along with egg shortages all across the country along with inflation combining and along with millions upon millions of poultry being slaughtered because of an alleged bird flu that from what I have read and the research that I have found nobody's actually been able to substantiate there's been you know farmers that have come in and said we're told that we have to slaughter all these birds because there's been one that's tested for bird flu now they all have to be killed now you've seen now i think it's over 5 or 6 million chickens have been slaughtered even up in the northeast another random fire in connecticut Bozro, Connecticut, over the weekend, they're saying that over 100,000 chickens died in this random fire that occurred at 3 a.m. when all the alarms went off and the firefighters were battling the blaze and finally got under control, but the majority of all the chickens died. And if you guys recall, last year I talked about this over a dozen incidents. I brought it up again last week, how we've seen repeated fire after fire after fire after fire at chicken farms and egg farms all across the country, back to back to back, which is unprecedented. This isn't something that occurs on a normal basis to this extent. And yet now I've been watching a few videos online that have been even kind of creepier of multiple egg farmers that have come out now and saying that their chickens stopped laying eggs last fall 
when they started using specific feed and two of the feeds that they have allegedly said is Dumar and producers pride. Now I have no idea what these guys have in their food. I'm not accusing them of anything. I'm simply saying this is what some of the farmers are saying online. About a dozen of them have now got on social media and said, once they removed those two brands of feed and they started giving them better feed, uh, the chickens started laying eggs again, but pretty much they all which they stopped laying eggs. All of a sudden, randomly, they got new batches of feed in, and numerous farmers reported the exact same thing. Now, again, is that being caused by the feed? I don't know. But one thing we do know is that it's very easy to put sterilizing drugs in food. You can also do it in the water supply. We've seen that now year after year. You see with fluoride. You see with other compounds that randomly show up in water supply that's been treated and cleaned and purified and suddenly there's all kinds of different pharmaceutical drugs that they find in the water supply oh that's that's because it didn't come out when they cleaned it and they you know they processed it really so the processing plants are that poor that there's you know half a dozen different pharmaceutical drugs in the water still that they just couldn't happen to get out of it through processing it i don't buy that at all I think this has been a concerted effort over the years to put this in the water supply because, remember, one thing about it, people have to drink water. Water deprivation doesn't work. Two to three days, you're dead. That's it. Done. Done deal. There's there's no arguing with that concept. It's over with. And they saw this in Nazi Germany with a lot of the concentration camps and the same exact ideology that was put over there was documented and then brought over here during Operation Paperclip, and suddenly, sure enough, right after World War II, fluoride was added to the water supply because we were told it was a healthy, healthy additive for your teeth, and it makes your teeth stay strong, which was a complete and total lie. Everybody knew that has done any research on it. Fluoride's a neurotoxin. It contributes to thyroid damage and cognitive decline. It's unbelievably toxic for the body. There's been research studies that have even shown elevated fluoride intake during early development results in IQ deficits that may be considerable but yet it's a production from phosphate fertilizer industry that's a complete and total toxin that has to be rid of and disposed of and so it's just decided back in the 50s we should put in the water because it'll prevent having cavities when dental fluorosis is actually a real thing and that's when you have too much fluoride exposure to your teeth your teeth actually become brittle and fall out so you're telling me to a little bit of fluoride is great for your teeth, but a little too much of fluoride makes your teeth fall out, but it suddenly helps prevent cavities. Obviously, we know it's a complete and total lie, and this is why they're continually pumping the lies and misinformation out there about all these different subjects. Now we're starting to see more and more fake news narratives coming out and saying that the Uh, climate change is causing issues with people's hearts and health problems that we're starting to see. I've gotten email after email over the last six months from customers, from listeners, from random people that are asking what to do with, you know, heart issues that they're having with, you know, issues that are coming up with um, as far as swelling of the heart, health problems. And in my opinion, a lot of it has to do with the injection, as we have talked about, and now they're trying to use this <laughs> this excuse of climate change is what's mainly causing. I saw a ABC News article. This is the title: "Rise in Heart Disease May Be Explained by Extreme Weather Conditions." Study shows another one from Harvard: "Extreme Temperatures Linked to Heart Disease Deaths." 
climate change, extreme temperatures could mean more heart deaths. They're doing every single thing they can to justify why people that are young, healthy adults are all of a sudden coming down with heart disease or myocarditis or pericarditis. And it's not an accident. It's not an accident at all. They knew this was going to happen. This is why the narrative has been spun in so many different directions in order to keep people continually distracted from what's going on. It's funny to me because I clicked on Breitbart this morning, right? And sometimes I see if there's any relevant articles. Most of the time I don't get much of anything from there because it's still – it's right-wing propaganda, mainstream news in most cases. But sometimes I can see where directions go in, and I can kind of spin off of it and kind of see where they're trying to take it. But ironically enough on Breitbart, there is not a single article that I can find right now on any main pages unless I try to dig down deep, deep, deep about – What's going on with Pfizer and how they, in my opinion, have been continually mutating viruses and the RNA gene therapy shots that have turned into their cash cow with the Pfizer director of the RNA therapy section that exposed on Project Veritas. Nothing, nothing at all on Breitbart whatsoever. Yeah, there's many of discussions on, you know, Kim Kardashian's butt and what's going on with the Biden classified document scandal that the DOJ refuses to do anything about. And they actually covered it up months ago because, again, it's all theater. It's all woke theater. Ukraine war again back on there. You look at all the titles on it. When you know and you see the same titles regurgitated by every single mainstream media over and over and over again, it's not news. It's propaganda. And that's why we do the best to try to tell you guys what's really going on and what you can do in a lot of ways to mitigate it, to keep yourself strong and healthy, and to get the true news out there to other people as much as you possibly can. And that's what we're here to do on the Ted Nostra Brower Show at healthmasters.com. So thank you for your continued support, and thank you for continuing to get the truth out there. What do you think, Dad? How are you doing this wonderful Monday morning? Oh, Austin, I'm doing absolutely amazing this wonderful Monday morning. The weather down here is stunningly beautiful, as it usually is in you know January and February. So it's been a great, great weekend. Also, uh, I need to cover this information real quick on what happened. You know, with this black guy being beaten to death, death by this, these black cops, and I don't really want to talk about this because it really, really just bothers me, honestly, to even discuss this because you know I don't like any of this stuff. But I've got to cover it. Uh, officers uh, gave this is from the Daily Mail. Officers gave ter- terrified, tired Nichols 71 swift and contradictory commands in just 13 minutes as they beat him to death during a rep- unprompted traffic stop, including holding his hands while barking at him to show his hands. Uh, this is a mess. Um, officers gave a series of baffling orders to Tyre Nichols that he could not obey. His family's lawyer is calling for con- Congress to pass police reforms, which I have to admit, I have to agree with that. We really, really need to pass this police reform stuff. The techniques that are being used by law enforcement in many of these cities is absolutely an abomination. It's more of a military-style event than it is basically to serve and protect the people of the United States and these other cities. And uh, there's several unanswered questions that we have to ask ourselves. And this was coming to you from the Daily Mail. The footage has left many unanswered questions about a traffic stop involving the black motorist and the role played by the black police officers who stood as he lay motionless on the pavement. The five disgraced Memphis Police Department officers have been fired and charged with second-degree murder and other crimes in Nichols' death three days after the arrest. The video released on Friday also renewed questions on how fatal encounters with law enforcement continue even after repeated calls for change. The recording shows the police savagely beating Nichols, a 29-year-old FedEx worker. 
for three minutes while screaming profanities at him and an insult that the Nichols family legal team has likened to the infamous 1991 beating of Rodney King. Nickel calls out for his mother before his limp body is propped against a squad car and the officers exchange fist bumps. I mean, this this is incredible. And what was the probable cause for the initial traffic stop? Questions have swirled around a traffic stop in the first place. One officer can be heard saying Nichols wouldn't stop and then swerved as though he intended to hit the officer's car. Well, wait a minute. He, they did, he did stop. He did stop. So they beat him to death. So why is that even a question? Why did the cops accused of murdering Nichols treat him so brutally? And how did, did any of them know him, the victim, previously? Which officers did what during the violence that killed Nichols? And, of course, the final question is, why didn't the cops render aid to Nichols after he became unresponsive? And why did the EMTs wait for 20 minutes after arriving to help him out? I mean, this is just, you know, crazy. And then finally, we have to ask ourselves, you know, what was Nichols' final cause of death? And I'm just going to be very direct with you guys about all of this stuff. You know, a lot of people get involved in traffic stops that don't involve stuff like this. But however, there are a certain percentage of people who get involved in traffic stops that do involve stuff like this. And the reality is, is this. When you give the people – gosh, this is going to sound terrible. I don't care if they're black or white or Hispanic or whatever they are. You give these people who have the lowest IQ scores a gun and a badge and tell them to protect you – this is the kind of stuff that's going to happen. You get in this mob mentality with these guys beating this guy to death and fist bumping each other as they've killed him or he's almost dead. And now they're being charged with murder, which they should be. They should all end up in prison. Quite frankly, they should all go to jail for doing this. And not one of them can be heard on the body cam footage. Hey, we need to stop. We need to render aid. You guys need to back off. This is ridiculous. Nobody that I saw. Now, they could have done that. I don't know, but I didn't hear any of that. So, again, when we take and we send police officers and we send them to the academies over there in Tel Aviv and we teach them how to be unbelievably wicked and mean and unbelievably harsh with citizens, what did you think was going to happen when we give the police officers all these different armaments and we teach them like they were taking all these professional soldiers in, you know, at the police academies and we're teaching them how to be armed combatants and soldiers in these different scenarios that they're put into? What do you think is going to happen? And, you know, I remember when I was a kid, uh, they, had a, they had a sign on the side of the police car to serve and protect. That was it, to serve and protect. They were there to uphold the law. They were there to help people with the law. But here's the problem we have with all of this. The only time that works is if you have a God-fearing society. Now, let me explain to you what that means. You know, when people really care about what the word of God says, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not you know, steal, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. The Ten Commandments, by the way, they're not the Ten Suggestions. When you have a group of people in the United States or anywhere in the world that believe in the rule of law based on the Ten Commandments, and they're willing to do what they need to do as far as a citizen of the United States of America and as a law enforcement professional of the United States of America – you don't have to have this type of chaos and tyranny and absolutely just disastrous results when someone's getting beaten to death. The problem is that we don't have Jesus Christ as the center now. If any of those officers had said, wait a minute, this young man, he may have done something wrong, but you know we're way overdoing this. He doesn't deserve this. Somebody needs to stop. I told you guys years ago when I was stopped for a seatbelt check and how horrible I was treated, you know, and I was just back, at, back in the, at, at them. You know, talking to him and saying, you guys can't be doing stuff like this. It's awful because I supposedly went through a seatbelt check and while I was wearing my seatbelt, I may add. And, and the reality is, is this. When you get into a situation with police officers, I'm going to be real – Just be, I'm going to give you guys some just some fireside chat here real quick. If you get stopped by the police, just 
I hate to say it, you just got to be quiet and do what they say. It's just going to be easier that way. You can't get into a situation where, you know, you're exchanging, you know, words with them unless you're in a very public setting like I was at the BMW dealership in Lakeland. You can't be in a situation where there are no cameras except for their vest cameras. You can't be in a situation where they can do whatever they want to do to you and there's no witnesses. You can't be doing that. You just got to chill out and be still. You know, if they start asking you questions, say, I'm sorry, officer. This was, I'm giving you my advice. I'm sorry, officer. I cannot do this right now because in the event that we basically have a situation where, you know, this goes to court, I'm not going to provide evidence against myself to you. And so unless my attorney is present, which I'm asking you to have my attorney present right now, I can't speak to you. And now if you want to go have a pizza later and watch a Florida State football game or a playoff game or the Super Bowl or whatever, I, I, I'll be fine to do that with you, but I'm not going to sit here and discuss this. That way you're being cordial to them. You're not being rude to them, but you're explaining to them that you understand what the law means. That's the best way to handle traffic stops. It really, really is. Just be honest with them and just tell them you can't talk to them. Be nice to them and treat them with respect. And the vast majority of times, it won't go sideways. It won't. Let's have some advice. But don't get in there, especially if you're in a back road somewhere and you've got a bunch of people trying to you know, talk to you in a really violent manner and shout all these bark at all these commands to you. Just chill out and just say, I, I invoke my right to remain silent. Sorry, guys, I can't say anything. My officer, my police, my, my, my – uh, and if you want to really, really do it you know, to a point, get your camera out. Get your video camera out and start videotaping everything. That really calms everybody down really fast because a lot of times these guys will turn these vest cameras off. We see it over and over and over. Oh, it hit the off button by accident. Oh, it was a vest camera malfunction. Oh, we didn't know it was off. Oh, it must have had a dead battery. Oh, oh, and oh. Now, the other thing that I've learned with all of this is that these officers aren't going to testify against each other probably. They're not going to do it. Uh, they're going to basically cover each other. And nobody's going to know what happened. Nobody's going to remember what happened. Nobody saw what happened. Nobody did anything. And that's exactly what they do over and over and over again. And when you learn that these police officers, when they get involved with stuff like this, is they got the blue brotherhood and they're going to stand and back each other, period. Because the next time they don't know if it's going to be them in a situation like this, then you realize that they're going to lie under oath. They're going to lie under oath. They're going to lie under depositions. If there's an internal affairs investigation, they're going to lie in the internal affairs investigation. And everybody has a very selective memory, and nobody remembers what happened with anybody else. And then they said, well, you know, I don't know what happened. I was in you know, Memphis that day, and I was basically sick with the flu at home with my, my wife. I can't remember. I don't recall anything. You're going to get all that. So this is the stuff that you learn when you're involved with law enforcement. Now, let me say it on the other hand. There are some people that are extremely good. Our sheriff department here in Polk County is amazing. They're absolutely amazing. Sheriff Grady Judd is one of the finest human beings I've ever known in my entire life. He's a friend of mine. Uh, he came to Sharon's funeral last summer. He's a great, great man of God. And I wish he'd be attorney general of the United States of America, and I told him that personally. His officers show the ultimate respect to people. They really do. They're amazing what they do and how they've been trained by this man. Lakeland Police Department a few years ago was absolutely horrible. This happened to me about 12 years ago. And uh, he basically went in there and cleaned that mess up. Grady Judd did. He took care of it. Made sure he said there were some good people there, but some of the people need to go. And I'm paraphrasing what he said. And some of the people just, just disappeared. They just got fired. So the reality is, is that it all depends on who your local sheriff is. I'm going to say that again. If the local sheriff is good, chances are, most of the law enforcement in that county is going to be pretty decent. Now, there could be some isolated pockets of people that are just weirdos. 
because you always have the people that have that Napoleonic complex. You give them a gun, they were probably picked on in high school, now they've got their training, and they want to prove to everybody that they're going to be macho and they're going to be tough, and they like to beat people up. There's always that group. You can't do much about that, but the reality is, is that you can't really stop any of that. Speaking about absolute weirdos and horrible police departments, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, the absolute weirdo of creation, is filmed dancing in the streets of the Windy City as crime source 61 percent of the iconic Magnificent Mile sits 30 percent vacant after flagship stores fled the violent chaos. Lightfoot will see dancing in the city's Lunar New Year Parade Sunday. Twitter vilified her for doing so amid the high crime rates in the empty storefronts. Vacancies, I mean, this magnificent mile are near 30 percent, and crime is up 61 <laughs> percent. She was blasted over a video of her dancing on the streets amid the violent crime. Life is four weeks shy of what polls have shown as her uphill Democratic primary battle with several opponents was seen dancing along to the drum line in New York City's, in, in, the, in Chicago's Lunar City Parade. It caused one Twitter user to say, since Lightfoot's term began, Chicago has suffered 2,278 homicides. That's the same, by the way. And over 9,000 people have been shot. Since January the 1st, the city has endured 41 homicides and 194 shot. Yet here's Lightfoot, blissfully dancing in the street, pretending like everything is good and how absolutely wonderful she thinks she is. This woman is absolutely just just mind-boggling stupid. I mean, I, I mean, I'm, honestly, I've never I've never seen a person in elected history. And while she hasn't been recalled, it's crazy. While nine candidates in this race, it is unlikely that anyone will exceed 50 percent threshold needed to win with the officially nonpartisan elections outright. That means that the winner is likely to be decided if an April 4th runoff between the top two. Um, you know, guys, if you're living in Chicago, I know you can't look. You loathe this one. I know that she's she's just she's loathable. Okay, she's just nuts. But why in the world are we allowing people like this to get into office? Ask yourselves that question. By the way, Madonna has a new movie coming out now. I don't know what the heck happened to her. I don't think this is Madonna. It's the pictures of her supposedly Madonna. Her skin looks like she's twenty years old again. She's wearing giant glasses. Her face looks like she's 20 years old again, and you know now they have a major her major biopic that she started has major red flags before the cancellation. I don't know who this woman is. I think it's a body double. That's my opinion. Have no idea, but that that woman is one absolutely perverted nightmare. And quite frankly, I don't know why anybody would ever follow her or even listen to any of the stuff that she puts out. Florida cops, by the way, have upgraded biometric tech for the potential future facial recognition. Florida's Department of Law Enforcement wants to about well, 20 million through 2025 to replace and expand the existing biometric identification system. The new system will use the French identity system called IDEMIS Multi Biometric Identification System (MBIS). It is capable of using other biometrics, including iris scans and facial net recognitions. In other words, it's going to tie together through an AI-facilitated network. According to Lucy Saunders, the head of the Crime Information Bureau, the new system will be faster and more capable than the existing system, which has been used since 2009. Like the old system, the new system will still forward data to the FBI for background checks. The facial recognition portion of this will have included the modality of the capability of the system. 
when you're not moving forward with doing facial recognition in the system, okay, whatever, it has full capability of doing it. We've just included it as a future proofing, so we have it. There you go. In the eventuality that we want to do it in the long term, of course they're going to do facial recognition. Of course they're going to do that. This is where it's all going to with AI. They have no choice. They absolutely have to do this because that's where the technology is going, and the technology basically is going to be a problem. Well, by the way, uh, you know, this thing with COVID now is really affecting food payment food stamps, it was going to decrease in February, the federal agency says. Millions of Americans who are on supplemental nutrition assistance, SNAP, will see a decrease in payments after February, a federal agency said. The decrease in payments were driven by two main factors. Food and nutrition services have set on update in early January. The FNS is an agency under the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Firstly, the temporary increase of SNAP benefits during the COVID-19 pandemic are coming to an end. Also known as emergency allotments will end after the February 20. 23 payment. Another factor that caused SNAP benefits to go down is increases in the Social Security benefits. So it's, it's interesting because these SNAP payments have reached a record $119 billion per year, which is amazing how many people are being subsidized from a food standpoint in the United States. Uh, you know, another thing talking about the, the research here that Pew does, it says the U.S. has the world's highest rate of children living in single-parent households. For decades, the share of U.S. children living with single parent has been rising, accompanied by a decline in marriage rates and rise in births outside of the marriage, a new Pew Research study has said. Of the 130 counties and country, I'm sorry, of the 130 countries and territories, shows that the U.S. has the world's highest rate of children living in single parent households. Almost a quarter of the U.S. children under the age of 18, quarter, 25 percent, live with one parent and no other adults, 23 percent more than three times the share of children around the world who do so is 7%. The study, which analyzed how people's living arrangements differ by religion, also found that the U.S. children from Christian and religiously unaffiliated families are about equally likely to have this type of arrangement. In comparison, 3% of children in China, 4% of children in Nigeria, and 5% of India have single-parent households. Now, I'm going to say something, and I always talk about this, but I'm going to bring it up again. This is the dissolvement and the destruction of the nuclear family that was pushed through the Frankfurt School by cultural Marxism that started this country almost about, about 90 years ago now, back in 1933. And this is the group that has now pushed this, pushed this, and pushed this to destroy the cohesion that was the United States of America as a family unit. This is what they've done to us. Women get married now, get divorced very quickly. Husbands get married now. They get divorced very quickly. You have blended families, blended households, and the unity – is not there any longer. And I talked about this last week, and I'll mention it briefly. The big discrepancy with all of this is it's 50 percent or so of the households who are 50 to 60 percent of the households in the United States have been divorced, which is the way it is, unless the person, the husband and the wife, pray together on a daily basis out loud, out loud, hands folded, praying together in an intimate prayer setting and including with their children if they can do that, it really stops it. And it's like 99% of those families stay together. The intimacy from prayer, when you create scalar energy and that scalar energy envelops each of you and you become quantumly entangled, it changes the relationship. I'm letting you guys know that. It causes that relationship to become fulfilled. It causes that relationship to become one. I told you last summer when Sharon passed away, I felt as though half of me had been ripped apart. 
We'd been praying together for years and years and years for the 38 years of our marriage. And see, that's what happens to you when you become one flesh, when the Bible talks about that, when you become quantumly entangled, when you have a soul tied with your mate. That's the way it's supposed to be, and that way, that's the way God designed it to be from the very, very beginning. But when we don't do that and we allow the world to come in and to cause deterioration of the marriages – you start to realize very, very quickly that the vast majority of the people out there simply can't maintain their relationships because there's no intimacy with them. There's no connective intimacy with them. Guys, there's there's a soul tie because of the intercourse they're having, but the reality is, is that they're not having the intimacy of that relationship and that quantum entanglement to the degree they need to. And so it's very easy to walk away when they're not praying together out loud. When you start praying together with your spouse and with your children, you create that intimate bond. And it's not about you know, having sex. It's about the intimacy, the, the, the physicalness of being together in a prayer time. That's why the Bible is so careful, and, and, and that's why the Bible says you need to be praying continuously, unceasingly, all the time. Husbands, you need to take authority over your household as the, as the, as the head, as the spiritual head. Well, ladies, if you're by yourself, you've got to take the spiritual authority over your household. I know one lady. She's absolutely brilliant. She basically had prayed and wrote petitions for her children because she got divorced through no fault of her own. And what ended up happening is she was able to raise three children that are all, that are all serving God. And it, see, it's important that if you don't have the spiritual head as the husband, that the wife takes up the spiritual position. She has no choice. But it's best to have the spiritual head of the household as the husband, which is very rare nowadays because of cultural Marxism has stripped the men and has demasculated that man over a period of time until now they're scared to assume spiritual authority. They're scared to make decisions. They're scared to be a leader in the household. All they want to do is basically be a person who's being told what to do, and they become cuckold. And you guys can look that up if you don't know it. And what ends up happening, that man becomes a just a shadow of what he once was because he's no longer acting as a man. Then you run his testosterone down with, te- with estrogen in the food supply, and you have the constant – Badgering by some of these, quote, say this, secularized women who've been basically secularized through, women, through feminism, and they're constantly trying to beat the guy, beat the guy, beat the guy, beat the guy. He finally goes into a shell and just kind of sits back and goes, well, I think I was going to you know, go along and get along here and be done with this. And that's the problem we see here. That's why the U.S. has the highest rate of children living in single-parent households in the world because we are not obeying the word of God. We are not being a unified front as believers. We are not teaching this in the churches at all, by the way. You know, this the respect and the honor. The respect and honor are the two principal foundation pillars of love. Respect and honor. And if you can't respect your spouse and honor your spouse and you're constantly belittling them in public or correcting them in public or talking about them in public and being mean to them in public, I don't care if it's a husband or wife doing this, that is not of God. And you, if you're a man or a female, it needs to stop. Period. I know several T V women evangelists. Not going to mention any names, and I can't stand either of them. There's like three of them, and all they want to do is belittle their husbands in public and talk about them in a negative light. I've seen it repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. I remember Sharon years ago was listening to one of these TV evangelists, and the woman was just in there talking, and I finally walked into the kitchen, and I said, Sharon, I said, I love you, and I'm glad you're learning some scripture here, and you're learning some stuff from this particular TV evangelist, but she belittles her husband. She has cuckolded her husband. She has systematically castrated him, emasculated him, and I don't want to hear her voice in my house. Now, some of you ladies are getting all mad now because you know who I'm talking about. But I'm telling you, don't listen to people like that. Just don't even put them in your house. Don't Because it's a little 
Levin works his way through the entire loaf. If they're putting their husband down repeatedly while you're listening to this, it's the behavioral pattern that you're going to pick up. Same thing is true with a husband. If you hear a preacher putting down his wife, Zig Ziglar said it this way. He said, never, ever make your wife or your husband the brunt of a joke in public because everybody may laugh a little bit except for the person who's being made fun of. And what it does, it creates a fracture in that relationship, and that fracture in many cases is on healing. Let me make it this simple this way. If you have a 100-pound weight that will break a relationship in half and destroy it and cause the same rate of single-parent households, if you have that 100-pound weight, chances are nobody's ever going to pick the 100 pounds up and throw it at the relationship. But a one-pound weight, a one-pound weight, a one-pound joke about your wife or your husband in public repeated 100 times will break up that relationship because you end up having a cumulative total of 100 pounds. Years ago, I had a friend of mine. And I'm not going to mention any names and his wife. And we were over at Celebration over there where we still went to Disney. This is, gosh, it's close to 25 years ago. And these two were basically just picking at each other in the truck, just putting each other down in front of me and Sharon. And I looked at them both and I said to them, I said, guys, if you don't stop doing this, your relationship will not last. I said it in front of Sharon. I said it in front of them. And Sharon looked at them both and she goes, he's right. Ted's right. You guys have to stop this. You can't pick at each other and put each other down constantly and laugh about it thinking it's funny because we don't think it's funny and it's going to destroy your relationship. It wasn't a couple of years later they were divorced, and they absolutely loathe each other to this day. Nobody can take that type of verbal abuse, that type of spiritual abuse, that type of spousal abuse and maintain a relationship. You can't allow yourself to be put into a situation when you're constantly being put down. I don't care if you're male or female. So ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. If you're doing it, stop it. Build each other up. Tell each other how much you love them, how much you appreciate them. Let them know how they're the most wonderful person in the world, how blessed you are to be with them. Thank God Almighty every single day that you have them as your husband or your wife and your spouse. Work on that relationship like they're your best friend, like you're still courting them, like you're still dating them that you haven't gotten married yet, and you're still on your best behavior, and all you want to do is be with them. And I'm going to say one other thing, too, and this is going to make a lot of people mad, and I don't care at this point what difference does it make because I'm meddling in everything this morning. When you have a relationship with your spouse, okay, and I, I don't like Dr. Phil. don't care for him at all. He's too secular. But I remember one time they asked him a question, and I had seen the videotape on this, and he was asking this woman who the most important person was in her life. And she said, it's my children. She's sitting there with her husband. And he looked at her and he goes, wrong answer. And she looked at him kind of funny. He goes, that's either going to be God or that's going to be your husband. It's not your children because those children are going to be grown. They're going to be gone. And then you're going to have to have that relationship with your husband for the rest of your life. You've got to have the number one relationship if you're a Christian. Now, he didn't say this, but I'm saying this. With God Almighty, the great I am, the Holy Spirit, and with the Lordship of Jesus Christ in your life, period, 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 period. That's number one. Number two, it has to be with your spouse. You cannot allow your children to dictate your future on who you're going to be with or to put your husband or your spouse or anybody you're dating or anybody else down because what ends up happening, it creates fractures and cracks in the foundation stones. You can't allow kids to come in and control your life, especially after they're grown. Very, very important. I'm going to speak my personal experience here. My mom – my dad got divorced when I was like five years old. My mom and my dad had a bad divorce, period. I'm not going to go into it. But my mom was continually putting my dad down all of the time when we were little. And we couldn't understand it as children, my sister and I, because dad was always really nice to us. 
finally I went to the divorce papers and I went to the archive and I started realizing that mom was simply giving her version of the truth and that these things that she was basically expounding on simply didn't happen the way she said they did and that there was another side to the story. And I've heard attorneys say it this way. Basically, uh, you know, it's your side, their side, and then the truth. And it's the truth, isn't it? Everybody has a certain amount of percentage of what they did in a relationship that may have caused a problem or a fracture in it. And if you can't admit that to yourself, you can't see both sides of the solution and look at it objectively. You know, it's, it's kind of like being addicted to a substance like the alcohol or the drugs. And you've got this, you're an addict, and you're allowing one thing to destroy your entire future. One thing destroys your entire future because you're addicted to one thing. And then if you get rid of that one addiction, then it allows you to enjoy your future and you no longer are going to be tied up with that and be addicted to it. The same thing is true with relationships and how you talk to each other. There are certain little things that are going to offend your husband, certain little things that are going to offend your wife. Why don't we just stop doing those things? Wouldn't that be easier? That's how I see it. But I want to kind of give you a little bit of marital advice. I talked a little bit about goal setting last week on Thursday, Sean. I had so much response back for it. But build each other up. Don't correct each other in public. Don't make fun of each other in public and treat each other with respect all the days of your life. Do, do it as you're doing it unto the Lord. And remember that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Don't allow your family members or your children to dictate your policy with your spouse. Don't do that. Always allow the Holy Spirit to dictate to you and all the things that you're going to do. And remember this. And this is so important. A relationship has to be reciprocal. It has to be back and forth 100%. You give 100%, they give 100%. The problem you run into, be very careful on who you choose because a lot of people are takers. And if you're a giver and you get into a relationship with a taker, that person is going to take, 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 take and never give back. And that's a lonely, one-sided relationship. Try not to get into that if you're dating right now. It's so important. If you're a person, husband or spouse, who's the taker and you're doing that, recognize it and realize that you need to give back. Everybody needs to give back. And my dad used to say it to me this way. Teddy used to say, everybody needs to feel important. That's what he always told me because everybody in a relationship, both the husband and the wife need to feel important all of the time. And that includes your friends and your coworkers and even you guys, because I make you guys feel important to the best of my ability because I pray for you guys every day. And I ask God to bless you and keep you and let his face shine upon you because I'm trying to give you some advice here today that you probably have never heard from the pastor. And quite frankly, it's one of the reasons that we lead the world to the highest rate of children living in single-parent households because they, we pick at each other until we've had enough of it, and we keep thinking the grass is greener on the other side of the fence, and we get a divorce, and we go somewhere else, and it all starts over again. That cycle begins all over again. Always remember, God is on the throne. Prayer still changes things, and we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, and that this is the day the Lord hath made, and we will rejoice, and we will be glad in it, and we'll always put Jesus first in all of our things and all of our thoughts and all of our ways every day of our life. Also, what do you think, buddy? What's your next story? That's well said. And people have to understand that when you start looking at the concept of Marxism and the Frankfurt School, one of the main things and one of the main goals is to prevent the nuclear family from staying together. Because when families stay together, they pray together, they live together, they grow together, they continue to build together, and they can have generational wealth. They can have continual families that continue to grow with one another. They stay stronger. They can stay more committed Christians, and they can in turn continue to speak the truth and what they believe. 
when you continually promote divorce, when you continually make jokes about it, when you continually do all the things that dad was saying, and it's promoted in the media and the movies and the music and all the time now. I mean, you see it on a lot of sitcoms. You know, over the years, sitcoms, they're constantly making everybody's the butt of somebody's joke as far as in marriage and spouse. You saw them, there was a lot of shows like that with Everybody Loves Raymond and every these other shows where they would come in and the husband was basically just the butt of the joke all the time on the show. Well, of course, that was a sitcom show. They were paid actors on a stage. They were getting paid to do that. They weren't married. They never were married. They never were going to be married. It was just simply acting. Well, the problem with it is the human psyche doesn't completely understand that. When you're watching a show and you're engrossed in a show every single week and you're obsessed with the show and you're watching these shows and you're basically living through the show because you have to find something to be distracted from, you start – implementing and you start imitating a lot of the things you see in the show because you find it funny on the show so you think it's funny in real life the problem is like that said public you know jokes are not funny in real life you know you may be with somebody or something happens and you know, you make a joke and everybody makes a joke about it some i remember when a friend of mine a dad's friend too he's on the back porch one day and he was walking. We thought we saw a satellite going up in space, a rocket going up in space. And we were all watching it, and he walked right in the pool. I walked right in the pool, full clothes and all. And he got up, and he was laughing, and he was joking. And the thing was, there was nothing else to do except him to laugh. It was like, oh, gosh, this is it. You know, something like that's a different story. But constantly putting down and making little cut jokes at family members and friends and family doesn't work. It's designed to do one thing. It's designed to fracture relationships because remember, when you have children in single-family homes, they're much, much higher, higher than likely to get involved in some type of other outlet that may not be healthy for them, whether it be different groups, subgroups, whether it be gangs, whether it be drugs, whether it be substance, whether it be anything because they're trying to basically have some type of outlet because they don't have that father and mother connection completely together that's helping them grow and help stabilize them because remember the father and mother have very specific roles at very specific different timelines through the child's life you know at the early phase the mother's you know nurturing the child and basically helping to grow the child physically and feed the child and as he continues to grow older then the dad's role is to take him in and kind of turn him into a man and vice versa same thing goes with daughters what happens is when you have those parts that are missing a lot of times other things come into place, and sometimes you know the child can get out of it. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they can find a positive outlet and start getting into things like sports or weightlifting, and that's great if they can do that and channel that. But one thing that they have done now, and you've seen very, very clearly, is they're using this trans-perverted ideology now directly after children. Guys, this isn't an accident that they're going after five-year-olds right. and older. This isn't an accident they're targeting these kids. They know that we have one of the highest divorce rates in the entire world the united states why do you think is it that the tranny agenda is only exploding in the united states anybody else ask that question it's not exploding in europe it's not exploding in africa it sure as heck isn't exploding in south america and i don't mean the adult perversion aspect of it as far as grown men being involved in it that's always been going on that will be here today it will be here tomorrow grown adults wanting to do grown adult perverted things that's that just happens. What I'm talking is this directed ideology that is being normalized and projected at young children and saying it's okay for a five- and six-year-old to have sexual transgender ideology thrusted upon them at such a young age in first grade and told it's normal. That is not normal. 
That has never been normal in any country ever. But yet suddenly now it's this, this new norm. And if you say anything about it, well, you're transgenic, racist, anti-Semitic, you know, hating bigot, which is what they've implied. This now, this is really irritating to me. I just saw this. The first Congregational Church of Madison in Connecticut is planning a drag bingo event next weekend, reports Eyewitness News 3. Children will be in attendance. The church is holding a drag queen event and inviting kids. Drag queens and kids. Has anybody ever noticed recently now? It's always drag queens and kids. Nobody's ever holding drag queen parties anymore. It's always drag queens and kids, meaning it's perverted tranny men that are dressing up like women that are getting around young children. Does anybody else realize the level of pedophilia that this is starting to get into that nobody wants to address because everybody thinks this is normal? Everybody wants to go, oh, yeah, it's totally fine. It's cool. It's hip. It's fun. And a lot of parents quite frankly, don't deserve to be parents if they're going to promote this to their children, but they are actually taking their children to this. Yes, that is what's happening. And it's all about the agenda to demoralize the younger generation, to remove any aspect of Christianity out, and at that point, remove any concept of morals and ethics out of their mindset and say, this complete manner of perversion is now the new normal, and these are what children need to be exposed to on a regular basis. Protect your children at all Cost, my friends. I cannot say that any further. Also, to another good news, I want to switch gears real quick. Some positive stuff that's happening. A federal judge last week in California issued a preliminary injunction against a controversial law in California that allows state medical boards to discipline physicians who disseminate information regarding COVID-19 and vaccines that depart from the scientific consensus. And this ruling senior Judge B. William Shubb of the U.S. District Court for Eastern District of California found plaintiffs had standing to challenge the law and that contemporary scientific consensus lacked any established meaning within the medical community. Because the term scientific consensus is so ill-defined and vague, the plaintiffs in the lawsuit are unable to determine if their intended conduct contradicts the scientific consensus and according to what is prohibited by the new law. The laws, I've talked about it, known as Assembly Bill 2098, took effect on January 1st, 2023, and applies to any information regarding the nature, risk of viruses, its prevention, treatment, COVID injections, development, safety, and effectiveness of any and all COVID-19 vaccines. A group of five California physicians filed a lawsuit in November against Governor Gavin Newsom's administration, saying the law violates the First Amendment and Constitution and right to due process. Plaintiffs are represented by the New Civil Liberties Alliance. And so what happens is this lawsuit now is actually progressing very positively in favor of free speech, and the judge now granted a request for an injunction against this bill on the gag order on physicians in California in the Hogue versus Newsom lawsuit. Thus, efficacy halts the implementation of this terrible law while the case is being tried. They said the ruling bodies, this rules well for our case. It indicates that our argument that the law is unconstitutional has a strong pretrial facial plausibility, not to get ahead of ourselves, of course, or try to predict the final outcome of the case, but is a very positive development. And this was what I've talked about and Dad's talked about repeatedly, where this new law gives the review board the ability to come in and strip doctors, strip them of their license 
because they say something that the review board doesn't agree with because it does not go along with, and I quote, the contemporary scientific consensus, which this judge blatantly said is a complete and total made-up definition. There, there is no defined definition of this. This is literally word theater at its finest example being used to muzzle free Americans that are trying to talk freely about what is happening with the shot and what is happening with every other aspect of COVID. There was a complete and total lie, in my opinion. The vast majority of it was what we were actually told. So good news for these guys. At least this is stopped for the time being. I hope this lawsuit finalizes and they win this case and this entire law is struck down as it is so beyond invasive and violating the First Amendment. Hopefully it does that. Also, too, in other news, I saw somebody sent me a link, and I want to bring this up as, you know, the COVID-19 shot and the combination with the flu shot, which just rolled out a couple months ago now, if you've seen them putting together, just on the VAERS, there's already been over 6,000 adverse events and 147 deaths just from the COVID and flu shot injected together. This is just recent, by the way. This is on VAERS. This goes along with the other aspect of the VAERS that goes in to show that we've had 1.5 million severe adverse events, according to VAERS, from the COVID shot and over 33,943 deaths directly related to the experimental COVID shot from all 50 states combined in the VAERS report over the last two years. Now, it's interesting about this. Somebody sent me a link, and it is from the New York Times. It's from the New York Times, and this was published October 13th, 1976. 1976, guys. We're talking way back. And this was the title of it. Swine flu program is halted in nine states after three die after the shot. Goes on to say here the swine flu vaccination program in nine states and in Pittsburgh and its suburbs were suspended today, two weeks after they began nationally, after the deaths of three elderly persons who received the vaccine yesterday at a clinic in Pittsburgh. Federal and Pennsylvania health health officials said there's no evidence that the death resulted from the vaccines. However, the highly unusual circumstances speak otherwise. After the deaths, swine flu immunizations were halted throughout all county, including Pittsburgh, along with all, including other states, including Maine, Vermont, Illinois, Wisconsin, Virginia, Louisiana, Texas, New Mexico, and Alaska. New York Health City officials otherwise are looking forward to an immunization program and what could have been the direct cause. Okay. Three people died. Three people died from the swine flu shot, and they halted it in nine states and said, we got to do more research into this and what the heck's going on. On the VAERS report, we've had 33,900 people die, according to VAERS. Yet, nothing to see here, bro. Totally normal. Keep getting your shot. Sudden, unexpected death is just a common thing now. It's died suddenly. The new trending term that's online that Google and Twitter or that Google and Facebook have been continually blocking and banning and suspending accounts for hashtagging suddenly died now, by the way, if you guys haven't seen that. You have you start hashtagging suddenly died on multiple articles, they're removing your articles and or they're suspending your account for misinformation. Oh yeah. That's how far it's getting right now and how far they're trying to control the narrative. While in 1976, the New York Times posted that the whole entire swine flu shot schedule immunization program was halted because three people died, all of which were elderly. And by the way, if you look it up, all three of them also had pre 
conditions. I mean, they already had health problems that they were going on with, but the shot was directly related as far as what they thought was, so they halted it. Guys, that was in 76, and now we're in 2023, and this is just normal when tens of thousands of people drop dead from a shot, just according to theirs. I think the numbers are much, much higher than that, but yet, no, no, no big deal. Nothing to see here. Keep keep getting a shot. We got the we got the 18th booster that's out now. We're gonna make sure we give you a free donut and hamburger. You guys remember all that when they first rolled out. You're you're getting your coupon for your free cheeseburger and your free box of donuts if you get your shot. That's how <laughs> insane these officials were to try to force people to get this shot. That's how far fetched it got. But yet nothing to see here. Also, too, in other news, this is something that I wanted to bring up. Briefly as well, is that Dad was making a comment about what was going on with Nichols with that that horrific video. If you guys watched the whole thing, I watched it, including the camera footage from the light poles. I wanted to actually see what happened. And what we have seen now, and granted, here's the thing that I would like to know. Granted, everything that occurred pretty much after they pulled him out of the car did not go along with protocol whatsoever. But one thing about it is. The officers, no doubt, need to be prosecuted for their behavior and what they did. I've been in jujitsu majority of my life. I've been in and out of karate and shoot fighting and all types of different things. I'm getting back in it again right now with a few friends. And one thing that I've known over the years, and you can talk to any law enforcement officer about this, it doesn't take usually much more than two acute law enforcement officers to successfully apprehend somebody that's fighting back from them, putting them in handcuffs, and figure out what's going on in the scene. Usually one person needs to be able to hold them and subdue them, and one other person basically gets their hands. Maybe three if they're really big and strong. One person's holding and subduing them, one officer on each arm. There were six officers involved in this, and yet they continually suddenly could not get him into handcuffs, which is a complete and total lie. They were all racked up on whatever they're taking, whether it be testosterone, hormone replacement therapy, or adrenaline, or whatever else is going on. Remember, Memphis is absolutely riddled with crime. I mean, it is a crime-infested city. These guys are late-night officers, and they're dealing with violent offenders all night long. Now, they showed absolutely zero control of themselves whatsoever to a point where they're telling him to give them their hands while they're holding his hands behind the back, and the guy's continually punching him in the face as hard as they can. The video was disturbing, to say the least. To watch that level of manner being done to a civilian by law enforcement when they could have easily subdued him at the very first traffic stop if they would have stopped – if they got their ego out of the way and just handled it appropriately and stopped cussing and screaming at him. The thing about this is though this video and this incident is suddenly being brought up again in national scrutiny, which it should be. However, nobody's talking about anything that's going on with Pfizer still. Nobody's talking about anything that's going on. Why were six officers responding to him and boxed his vehicle in at a red light and immediately dragged him out of the car? Why did they already have their guns drawn when they were approaching the car when they were about to drag him out of the vehicle? I don't know. Nothing about what happened in the video is justified whatsoever, and all these officers need to be punished for what happened. However, though, what led to this adrenaline dump and their behavior being exerted that was so unbelievably aggressive? I have been in numerous traffic stops, 
when I was younger, not going to lie, I used to have a very, very aggressive driving habit. I rode motorcycles. I've had different cars when I was younger, and I was continually getting in trouble as far as with speeding tickets. A lot of people know that. I'm not shy about it, and I've gotten a lot older and calmed down a lot as I've gotten older. However, one thing that I found is that a lot of times what leads up to the situation is determined a lot by your behavior. Now, again, I'm not justifying anything that happened to this guy because it was horrific. However, on the other hand, too, we need to understand what happened to determine and start a lot of these series of events that occurred. And we also need to remember, almost every time there's a national incident that occurs, they're using as distraction. These things happen on a semi-regular basis. This is why a lot of police reform does need to happen. I have said for the longest time, law enforcement needs to be paid higher, but they need to be trained better in most cases. And this level of just oversight where they can kind of do whatever they want and there's no accountability towards it, that needs to stop. But right now, everything that's going on, and we haven't heard one single mainstream media outlet even talk about what's going on with this Pfizer director discussing that they're mutating viruses and twisting and manipulating things in order to make it a cash cow COVID shot. Nah, this is continual theater to keep people distracted, just like Lightfoot up in Chicago, just like we see with all these guys in Congress. All the stuff is continual theater. These guys are actors on a stage, just like Zelensky in High Tides in his gay music video he did. Now the president of Ukraine continually demanding he get more money and tanks and guns and weapons and whatever he gets over there and whatever they're doing with all of it. Theater is the ultimate distraction, and they've used it very effectively in this country. Don't get distracted continually hold people accountable and call things out for what it is, but also keep getting the truth out there as much as you possibly can, because it's a very muddy road to get to the actual truth as we've continually seen now over the last couple of years. So stand strong, my friends, hold people accountable for what they're doing, but also dig down and find out what really is going on behind the scenes. If you need anything at all, be sure to check out the website at healthmasters.com, the healthy immune kit, our basic immune kit, the ultimate multiple C and D, 10,000 K2, on sale right now for on uh, the front page over 10% off. Be sure to check that out along with the testosterone kit over 15% off right now. Lots of different specials that are going to be ending this month, so be sure to check them out, including the magnesium brain food capsules over 10% off on the front page of the website. So thank you again, my friends, for the support of Health Masters. You keep us in business. You keep us putting the truth out there every day. Thank you for your support. Have a blessed, safe, awesome evening, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow as always.
Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network. 